This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Ferminger, and today I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Morgan Holmstrom to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I use the word thrilled intentionally. I'm thrilled because what I've seen of Morgan's work is absolutely and undeniably thrilling. There's a fearlessness in these performances that actually leaves me breathless. Take SkyMed, the CBC and Paramount Plus dramatic series about an air ambulance service. Morgan plays Crystal, a nurse who takes no shit. And yes, Morgan, you can swear on this fucking podcast. And she gives everything she has to the people she loves. There's Shadow of the Rougarou, an APTN series about a Métis Cree fur trapper who must face the curse that ripped her life apart as a child. Morgan was nominated for a 2022 Leo Award for her work in Shadow of the Rougarou. There's Day of the Dead, where she's Sarah Blackwood, former special forces working on a fracking crew whose discovery of a mysterious body plunges her into the middle of a zombie invasion. These are powerful women, women with agency, women who kick ass, who know who they are, and who can be at once vulnerable and volatile. They're thrilling characters of substance, and Morgan brings them to life with utter fire and fearlessness. And thus, I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Morgan to the podcast today for what I know will be a very thrilling episode. Morgan Holmstrom, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you for having me. I want to talk about me and my work. No, I want to hear your response to how I just described you. Do you recognize yourself in those words? Like, And if not, or if you do, like, how do you describe yourself? I feel so honored by those words. I mean, I feel like we're as actors sometimes our own worst enemy and mm. we don't always see ourselves in those words so i try to be you know more empowering to myself but it is kind of weird to hear that come out of someone else's mouth and be like oh yeah like that's awesome i have done those things and <laughs> i have been on those shows and done really cool uh characters so far um I, I guess there is a part of myself that I see that in me, but then at the same time, I just see myself as little old Morgan and 
um, who's just trying to make little it. Little old Morgan? Little old Morgan. I don't know why that came out that way. It's um, just so funny because that is like the polar opposite. Uh, I mean, especially the characters that are the most alive for me right now, right, are, are your characters from Sky Med and mm-hmm. Shadow of the Ruguru. Those are not little old characters by any means, yeah. you know, and yet you you describe yourself as little old Morgan yeah. inhabiting these roles. I mean, I still, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I moved to Vancouver and I moved from Winnipeg. I was born and raised there. And it was only four years ago that that happened. So mm-hmm. a lot has changed in that time. I feel like I haven't even processed what's happened so far, even just from COVID happening in 20, like that was only two years ago. Oh, man. You know, like two and a half years ago. No, and that was 96 years ago. <laughs> it feels like it. So I'm still like reflecting on, on everything that's happened and um, how different that person was in Winnipeg to the person that I am now Mm. after all of what's happened in the last couple years yeah so um yeah I am still little old Morgan Mm. (laughs) in this new evolved body Mm. (laughs) where do you want to start do you want to start by talking about crystal or do we want to go back to do we want to do some time travel you know yeah Ooh. Ooh. uh, I like time travel. Like, Should we I, start with time yeah, travel? And like, yeah. Well, let's go back in, in time then. You talked about the you uh, that arrived here in Vancouver four years ago. Let's go back in time even further further than that. And, you know, I talk about, you know, the the you that came that came here, you know, talk about uh, your earliest um but like the earliest signs that you were destined for this type of work and this type of mm. storytelling acting role. Yeah, it's interesting because I had no interest being an actor mm. when I was younger, um, which is funny that I'm now doing this. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I I was very artsy. Um, I loved dancing. I danced all the way through school. Okay. I was in bands. I was singing in bands. I was in a, a jazz band. I played violin. Like I just loved everything that had to do with the arts. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, theater was very scary to me. I think it was just that I was a little bit more of a quiet person. And that just seemed so out of out of my realm, even though I was so used to performing at that time, mm. um, it just wasn't in. I didn't think it was in the books for me. And my mom was really pushing me to take theater. And your could, mom was my mom was. Yeah, we often get I would say the this is not all parents of actors, but I would say the majority of parents of actors are like, We'll support what you're doing, but we'd prefer if you were doing all these other things. Oh, you know? trust me, they <laughs> still preferred me to do other things. Okay. <laughs> they did. So the streak still stands. Yeah, it, it, it does. But they, I think my mom wanted it more for me to get out of my shell mm. and um, just feel like I have a voice and and get, yeah, just out, get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. So, because she took theater in high school and she had an amazing experience. So I think that's okay. what she wanted for, for me. Um, but I said no. <laughs> and I kept saying no up until um, my second year of university. I took science in university. 
and you took science yeah university. i took science so a lot of the all of like the medical stuff that crystal has to deal with like you're able to yeah have some understanding and pronounce a lot of those like crazy big words that just, come up in medical speak it's just wild like how the universe works because yeah. my dad he also works in in healthcare for over 30 years and my actual last year in high school i took a biomedical program to go into like science and healthcare. Hmm. That's what I thought I was going to do because, you know, my dad would be so passionate about it and talk to me about it all the time. And he would tell me stories about work and what he goes through. And I would shadow him at work. I shadowed nurses for a long time. I volunteered at the Alzheimer's ward at the hospital. Whoa. Like um, my very first job, like that was, you know, I get a paycheck every two weeks and you know like right. a, a regular job yeah was uh, working at an old folks home and you know I served them the meals and I was a manager there for like a, a year and a half I think so like I oh. was always around healthcare growing up even though I was very artsy and everything I was still very much in that world as well mm -hmm. the healthcare world so it's kind of funny how it kind of came right back to me 360 with um my character of crystal but yeah i think it was always in in written in the books for me yeah. for being an actor i feel like any sort of art kind of gears you for it in some way and it wasn't until i kind of got out of my shell and um and i left i ended up leaving university i am technically a dropout oh <laughs> i oh. didn't actually officially <laughs> tell the universe i think i just left i oh, didn't even what tell university anybody was it? university of winnipeg hey uh university <laughs> of winnipeg you hey, dub I'm, I'm so sorry um, i didn't tell anybody um i just left well, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hearing it here first you dub uh morgan's not there anymore i'm not but if you I'm can find her all in the over books the place. there yeah. um yeah you might want to so take I, me out i'm curious you said that you took you took a theater course then in or you some kind of experience with theater in second year. What what happened in that experience? Like, or what happened within you in that experience that made you be like, whoa, maybe this is actually a place where I could I could get to be me? Well, I started modeling when I was really young. So my mom put me in it. She was like, I think my daughter's beautiful. <laughs> you know, are beautiful. And but that's also classic mom. Too. Classic mom, you know, yeah. and she was like, I'm going to put her in, in modeling. And I was 12 when I first went to the my modeling agency. And oh, tough age. Sorry, yeah. I have an 11 year old as we yeah. were talking before I recorded. That's a tough age. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, um, I don't know, so eager to please. And uh, my modeling agent was kind of asking me to audition for things that were going on in Winnipeg. Hmm. And there was a film that was going on called, called I Still See You. And that was my very first credit ever. So I ended up booking a really, really small role. I had like, my one line was Mr. Bittner. And and that was it. Wow, chills. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> I felt things. Thrilling. Thrilling is the word. So thrilling. Um, and it was, a, it was a really amazing time. And that kind of gave me the drive that I needed to be like, hey, I, maybe I can do this. And I got training for that um, audition because it, I auditioned for one of the other characters on that movie. And I was like, why haven't I started this since the beginning? Why didn't I do theater? And um, 
I was like, I might as well start now. And I'm not a person that likes to do something and not put my all into it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to go full throttle and just try my hardest and um, see where it takes me. So it was a very short year after. And then I moved to Vancouver to try and do that. So. Wow. Amazing. Woo! I'm almost breathless. So what kind of career did you want when you first landed in Vancouver? And how is that different from what you want now, if it's different at all? I guess when I moved to Vancouver, I just wanted a job. (laughs) I just wanted any anyone to see me be in the room and just meet people and I was just trying to do anything and audition for short films and and just try to get my foot in the door you know I think when you're starting as an actor you're not always being like well this is the final role I see myself in and this is where I'm gonna be because it's just it's such a journey yeah and you have to start somewhere um and I was I was getting pretty discouraged at at the beginning because you know in in Winnipeg it's a smaller pool and um I felt very grateful that I I started booking a few smaller roles to be on set and experience that but when I came to Vancouver it was like dead silence Hmm. for a while and I kind of had to you know look at myself and be like well why do I want to do this like why am I trying to or why am I feeling discouraged? And I kind of had to have a realization and be like, I want to tell stories. That's our job as actors. And even if it means I'm, I I decided at that time, even if it means I'm not going to book a role for however many years, I'm still going to try and I'm still going to do my best because one day I will. Mm. And I feel like that's always been my mentality going into it. So, I don't necessarily know where I want to go next mm. in in this acting journey. I feel like whatever comes up, I'm if I feel like I'm drawn to the work, yeah. then I'm like, yeah, that's that's for me. And and then if I'm right for the role, then I'm right for the role. And if I'm not, I move on. So, yeah, I think it's just taking what comes and uh, seeing seeing where it all takes me. Yeah. What were some of the challenges that you face then as you have as you have come into yourself as a as a performer and you know as an actor with knowledge of who you are as Morgan Holmstrom? Yeah, I guess it was just a lot of um self-doubt and wanting to be I'm such a people pleaser and mm. I always just you know want to make sure everyone's okay and like I'm very in my head about that stuff and um, validation. That's like a very specific word. And it's just feeling validated. And I had to learn very early that there's not going to be validation from from anybody Mm -hmm. other than myself. And I was seeking that out in acting teachers. I was seeking that out in my peers. Mm. And social media, like social media. yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that doesn't serve me in any of this. It doesn't serve me for my art and in my work. Um, so I just had to kind of have this mentality. I'm just going to, you know, learn and try and be humble about it and not get too ahead of myself. 
and um but also just take things with a, a grain of salt and if it's not working for me it's not working for me for yeah. um whatever techniques i'm doing or i'm learning everyone's different as an actor so i don't even know if i answer that question <laughs> I just went on a tangent. <laughs> I was like, Fun, wait, what am I enough, talking I don't, about? I don't remember the question. I think it was about challenges. but I, Challenges? I, yeah. Oh, okay. I like what you said, though. Um, that, I guess that's a challenge. Is like getting over that validation. And I mean, there was other challenges in between, too. I mean, you, you do the serving jobs and you're working like crazy hours just to make rent. And, you know, mm. I went through all that stuff, too. I feel like it's just part of the journey. If you're lucky enough to have people to pay for all of that kudos because it's yeah. really hard um and I was just you know a young I was 21 when I moved and just figuring stuff out coming from Winnipeg so there was a lot I had to learn in that time Gosh, a lot of change a lot of change yeah a lot of change and I said 12 was hard but I think 21 was one of my hardest years ever. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually talking about that with Candace McClure she was on the podcast mm -hmm. recently and we we're just talking about that your early 20s like no one tells you how big a period of tumultuous change that's going to be. And there's still so much changing in your body. Your brain is still growing and changing and mm -hmm. stuff. I think until you're 25, like it's still, you're 25 now, right? Yes, like, I'm think, 25 now. So your, like, your brain is done there. growing. No, you're done. <laughs> you're done growing. But it's like, it's it's huge. And I think that we we kind of expect people in their early 20s to have everything figured out but it's oh you're not going to and we should tell them it's okay yeah and I just feel like at any age you're still figuring stuff out like Ugh. you're always learning you're always growing and if you're not then you know what's the fun in that that's I true I just feel mm -hmm. like you know I talk to my parents and they're like oh, we're just still figuring stuff out you know they're gonna be entering a new phase in their life of retirement and mm. figuring that out and what's next for them and you know I think it's important I always have these conversations with my partner too is it's important to realize that you're always learning yeah um at whatever phase you're at in life I wish so. I knew that at 25 so <laughs> Your brain's in a good place, Morgan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what was the first role, you know, in of the work that you've done since you got to Vancouver where you were like, maybe not the sense of like, I've made it, but more of a sense of like, I am 100% doing what I should be doing. And this role has me firing on all cylinders. I mean, the first one I booked in Vancouver was Day of the Dead. Um, okay. Yeah. And that was heat of covid that was i booked it 2020 in i think i heard back in july so it was like right in the middle of what was going on there and it was at such a crazy time for me because i think for a lot of people we a lot of people lost their jobs mm. a lot of people were didn't know what was going to happen next we were really scared and that's what happened to me? I was I was working a serving job at Ballyhoo, and I was working for Dyson for their like hair their hair um, 
wraps and the you know their hair dryers. They've got great uh, dryers. It's yeah, great. It's amazing. Yeah, they have a cord. Like, if you want to sponsor us, Dyson, they have um, <laughs> a cordless flat iron that. Uh, yes, I have that. The Corral. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, good. Well, yeah. I want to be friends <laughs> friends with you now because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it was, it was just such a crazy time because like I came from working these jobs and then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and you're like what do I do hmm. and you lose all of your jobs and I had to move in with my my boyfriend's family and I lost my apartment I couldn't afford it anymore so hmm. it's like I it, you're almost like stripped of your identity and you're like well what who am I and what serves me during this time so I you have to kind of look at the bright side of things. You're like, well, you know, I have a family to come to in this city. Yeah. And I have a partner and I have a bed to sleep on. And you're like, well, I guess that's all I need right now. Yeah. And it was kind of in those moments that I was like, I was trying so hard to just book a damn role. I was like, fuck, just someone give me a role. I was like, so eager and I was just that want for it but then when all of that happened I was like well I have nothing the industry is kind of settled right now so I'm just going to do things that I like and I started you know just writing and painting and doing all the and learning guitar and just doing things that I love to do and then all of a sudden during that time (laughs) (laughs) you know one of those annoying people that did a bunch of things i was homeschooling my child and then occasionally recording the podcast but otherwise i uh i worked my way through the netflix uh back catalog oh yeah Yeah. tiger king uh, that was one that i I think that was the, f- the one for a lot of people because it was like it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, too. But yeah, yeah. then a lot of other stuff after that. But not much. No, I didn't. I guess because I, like a lot of other people, didn't have the. Um, I, I don't know if it was mental clarity or the courage or the, like it was a scary time. Right. Yeah. You know, and so to try something new, you know, it, it didn't feel like the time when I wanted to try something new. I just wanted to go back to familiar you know or hide under my blanket very with fair. cats on me <laughs> literally <laughs> you're that. adorable cats. yes i love your cats. yeah i was showing the showing the picture before i'm sorry so you're playing you're but you are playing guitar and you are making art and i was trying i was just bored you know mm. i was just trying to do stuff because i was bored every day and i came from just working a bunch of jobs to nothing so during that time i was like okay like let's just figure out what I like and now I have time Mm because before I didn't have time I was just like busy trying to pay bills and you know when when I got the audition for Day of the Dead I was like oh I have time to like look into character and and understand the character and try and like you know you know do all of the the development of that and and do all of the work that I've been meaning to do Mm -hmm. and I was like wow I have I have time to do that so I I just kind of looked at the character I was like this seems like a character I want to play she's badass she's cool she's special forces and I mean who wouldn't love that so I I prepared for that audition my friend helped me film it and then I booked it and I feel like that was you know the first break that I had here and it wasn't a moment of like 
I've made it. But it was a moment of like, wow, I can maybe I can do this. Yeah. How did your experience on Day of the Dead change you? It changed me um, in my craft because I feel like that was the most time I've I've ever had on set um, uh, up to that point. Yeah. So it was kind of me. It was mostly me just really learning and kind of understanding my my place within film and working with people and being a collaborator and and understanding that i i came in you know um i feel like with all these ideas in my head of what how i could play her and i was working with a coach and everything and then on the day sometimes they have different ideas of where they want to go with the character and you're yeah. like and you have to be like okay yeah we have to collaborate and we have to um make something that everyone is proud of at the end of the day so it was me just kind of learning how to do that and how um you know when a director gives you feedback how to change that for the character and um and play with that so i i feel like it did change me in so many ways it gave me a lot of confidence yeah um i came out of that show feeling more confident in my work Mm -hmm. as an actor Man, what so. a first Vancouver gig to have, though, because yeah. not only is this like a really like delicious, I guess it's funny because it's zombies, but yeah, delicious <laughs> character to sink your teeth into. But it's also it's like high stakes zombie horror, you know, like in the intensity that goes into creating that kind of universe and show. Yeah. You know, like that's that's not the kind of thing you go when you kind of like, you know, are chill as you kind of. Yeah, I'm an amble through this. And you're working with like incredible talents. You know, we had Keenan Tracy mm-hmm. and uh, Randa Frigon and, you know, Chrissy Don Dinsmore and like just like this confluence of Dejan Loyola, like really talented actors, you know, mm-hmm. top of their games and, you know, in this like zombie apocalypse world. Like, awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Everyone was a, a joy to work with. And I had such a a great experience it was so fast we were filming so fast and it was very ambitious it was an ambitious show and you know I worked with Andrew McElroy for this character and and he really focuses on lives not lines Hmm. you know not focusing on the lines of the character focusing on the lives of the person and who are they what drives them what you know Ooh. speaks to them why are they doing this or how are they doing that? you know it's all of the underneath stuff that matters and uh he was really playing with that with me and we actually ended up going um to the park and like kind of mimicking how i would do a special forces scene like jumping over logs we were high i'm not even kidding we i'm were- sorry for laughing but that sounds i will <laughs> no, like, was- i can imagine myself walking through the park with my cappuccino and being like what the hell is going on but then also in my mind be like oh it's vancouver those are they're doing acting yeah. they're acting <laughs> yeah, acting um acting <laughs> yes <laughs> Actors in the forest, and you know, we were we were like we were literally like holding pretend guns and, and like hiding between uh, you know the logs and the trees, and it, but it was important because 
I I have very much like dancer hands and I need mm. to make sure that I'm playing physically what the character would be like. She's not going to have like these dainty, you know, hands. So she's going to have like grasp things and she's going to, yeah. you know, bump into things. Like it's going to look different. So I had to play physically with that. And he really urged me to play physically with that character. And for Blackwood, she was very physical in the show. I mean, the whole show I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. So, and we didn't have much time to learn those fight scenes. So, you know, I, I would come to set in the morning. I would have an hour to learn it. And then we would be filming later that day. Wow. So it was very quick, um, but it was such a fun challenge and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I guess there's also the challenge of like, I can't look like I'm having so much fun right now. Yeah, I have, you know? I'm in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> I can't look like I'm having fun. <laughs> Can we talk about Crystal? I want to talk yes. about Crystal. Um, because I am I am wild for SkyMed. I'm wild for Crystal. We have had Praneet on the show. Uh, we've had Thomas on the show. So you did talk a little bit about your your own background in healthcare. And I'm wondering how that informed your first response to the material. Yeah, I, I when I first read it, I was like, ooh, a medical drama. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I love medical dramas. And I, I grew up watching them with my dad. We loved watching House together. I watched- Really? Yeah, loved House, watched Grey's Anatomy, and we would sit together and watch it all the time. Wait, okay, sorry. I have, so my mother-in-law is a nurse yeah. uh, as well. And there is there is something very special and kind of bizarre about watching a medical show with somebody who works in medicine. Yeah. You know, because like, so like sometimes, you know, like, they're like, oh, this is this is wonderful. Like, this is exactly how it is. But more often than not, you know, my mother like this is not this is not how the nurse would be. This mm-hmm. is not how it is. You know, like there is an in, they're like oh, th- an inability to suspend your your disbelief, which is critical for enjoying, you know, entertainment in some way. So mm-hmm. I want like, what is it like, you know, to have that background to watch shows, television, movies with your dad and also yourself having the background that you have. Yeah, I guess, you know, me and my dad, we just loved the dramatization of it all. So I feel like my dad could kind of get away from not being too nitpicky about what they're doing in in the show. I know a lot of people get very passionate about that, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was just fun watching. Um, I think it's Hugh Laurie, right? Yeah, Who it was Hugh Laurie. Yeah. House and um, we just loved him as a character. You know, he's just this like dick, <laughs> but it's like has just a mastermind. And we really loved his character. Um, and the trauma he brought to yeah, the show. Yeah, the trauma. <laughs> you know, he was just like such a... Gr- I just feel like he did that character so perfectly. And my dad and I just love the show. And same with Grey's Anatomy, too. You know, there's obviously like the dramatization and things that aren't or don't happen in healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's not as exciting as that, usually. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is, but... No, uh, but Grey's Anatomy has had every single kind of natural disaster, everything. you know, like man-made disaster. It's all happened. Like, if I don't, I would assume that kind of thing is not happening all the time. No. You know, at St. Paul's <laughs> or BGH, I'm assuming, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, when you get to that many seasons, I feel like, you know, the writers are probably, <laughs> what next? <laughs> so... Yeah, zombie yeah. apocalypse. That's got to be the next thing for Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a crossover. Yeah. Day of the Dead. 
There you go. Love it. Bring <laughs> it. Bring it. Um, okay, so you're re- you're you're reading Crystal. You're reading yes. the material. I I was reading the material. I was like, I really like this character. She's really badass. She's you know when I read the character um, at first, it was she's Mama Bear, mind the claws, mm. and has an ooey gooey center, but she doesn't always let people in, and she does things for her community she lives up north you know and everything is very personal to her so when new nurses come in she's going to be hard on them because she's like hey this is this is my town you know this is you're working with my people you're working with this team so you know you you gotta prove yourself and and she does and she does <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> and no i've yeah. already told my listeners in two separate episodes to go and watch the show go and binge it which and you can find it Please. on cbc gem and on paramount plus and we want a season two so get those numbers watch the show yes. um so it's not a spoiler they follow their <laughs> best friends by the end it's so good yeah um but was there anything that you that you didn't know about the air ambulance service, you know, that you discovered through doing this show? Like, what kind of surprises were there about what real life is like? Because I can't remember if it was Pranit or Thomas. Sorry, guys. But I I do remember one and or both of them talking about the fact that, like, this is based on real people's experiences, you mm-hmm. know, and you guys actually had some training, yeah. you know, as well from, from the people who work in this field. Yeah, we did. We had training with um, an EMTs and we had training with um, the pilot as well, who's um, Julie's brother-in-law. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we hit the ground running and we were just trying to learn everything we could. There's a lot that I didn't know about flying air ambulances and um, how rigorous it is for them. You're going out onto these places and you don't always have the, the resources that you need and you have to fly them to the nearest hospital. Sometimes that's hours away, you know, mm. um, and it, it, it was just such a different world. I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it into words and Kudos to them for being able to do this because we're just showing a glimpse of that on TV. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was just it was just crazy to to even just read the script and be like, oh, the, this is based on real life events that mm-hmm. they've gone through or or that they could go through and and trying to put yourself into that situation and make it look like you've done it for years. That's a whole other thing. But um, but you. Yeah. I mean, you had done something similar for a big chunk of your life, right? You said a year and a half that you were the manager of the that. Yeah, I was yeah. an old folks' home, and yeah, yeah, yeah well, different with pace and on different the ground, pace. you know, but still yeah. medical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just you know servicing them and and bringing meals to them and stuff. But you learn about taking care of people compassion. and compassion yeah. within healthcare and that was such an important thing for me and and bringing that to my character of crystal is that compassion for your your patients mm. and the people that you're caring for because uh, in these in these places, you know, they could be really scared and they don't have the medical services that they need. Yeah. So you have to bring a set, obviously confidence in what you're doing and making sure that they feel comfortable. Um, so I wanted to bring all of that to 
my character of Crystal. Yeah, I love Crystal. I love Crystal because she's everything. She's everything that you described, you know, and what I described in my opening statement, you know, vulnerable, but also volatile. Yes, you know, I love that. Would not want to cross Crystal at all. I'd want to party with Crystal, actually. Um, what what did the producers do to ensure that they got Indigenous representation right? Mm-hmm. You know, because the show it it deals with. Um, we see that you know the medical system is a white supremacist system. You know, mm-hmm. we see the racism that can happen just in the way that that. People die, you know, be like, oh, well, they just want the drug. Sharon Taylor was in an episode where, you know, she, she's plays somebody who's in great pain. And the nurse, you know, in the community is like the white nurse in the community is like, oh, no, she just wants the drugs. And then it ends up, no, oh, she's got like a really severe. Oh, spoiler. Well, no, I are, you, they've watched the series. Uh, <laughs> they have a medical condition. Right. You know, and so like what? So um, I I'm assuming, you know, that that they Julie and, and co did get representation right you know so what did what did they do you know what did you see that they did in order to make sure that it was authentic well when I first joined the cast the first thing I asked Julie after um you know we did our our first read through of the first episode I I asked you know who's our elder and um so and she told me and we brought her on and um, and there was also indigenous writers who were part okay. of the casting process. Um, so there was uh, they uh, kudos to them because I feel like with Shadow of the Ruguru, I felt like that was such an important template for me mm. to see how to properly um hire indigenous cast and also hire um and how a, a set should work with mm. around indigenous representation in, in in this field yeah so i feel like shadow of the ruguru was such an important thing for me to witness um and be a part of because it, it really did feel like a, a blueprint and i kudos to jordan for all of that because mm. i i learned so much from that set and i I wanted to bring that same mentality to SkyMed in whatever way that I could. Yeah. Um, you you only have so much power as, as the actor, but I knew going into it that with the writers and um, with our elder and, and our knowledge keepers that were teaching us, um, Nihia Weiwen, I knew that we were in good hands. Yeah. And even through talking with Julie and talking with Vanessa, I knew there was care that was put into it. It wasn't just something that they slap on and say, okay, we got somebody, you know, I knew there was care and that's something that's so important. It's, and so overlooked. Mm -hmm. It's just, what's your intention behind it? What's your intention with hiring these characters? Is it to, you know, check off a box? box? Yeah. Or is it to, you know, uplift people yeah. and inspire? And because that's what we do as artists and as writers and as storytellers. So I feel like Skyma did such an amazing job at that, as not putting us in these boxes, not putting us in in any sort of stereotypes it was from experience the writers were writing from experience for themselves and there was someone from every community in that writer's room 
So every community that you saw, whether that was the indigenous community, South Asian community, what have you, mm. there was someone to speak to that experience. And uh, it was amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's it's amazing that that hasn't been the way that it's been done mm-hmm. all the time. And obviously, I understand that's because it's a white supremacist system. Yeah. And that's like what what systemic racism looks like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that you know. Yeah, SkyMed looks like what the world actually what looks it and reflects feels. the world. And I was saying this to someone, I was like, you're not gonna walk into a grocery store and be like, Ugh, there's so many BIPOC people in here. Like, if you are, you're yeah, you, you're the problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and it's just so funny you see comments from people and you know, all these trolls and stuff, they're just they're just trying to be woke. They're just try- whatever. And I'm like, <sighs> if you just took a a look around you. If you woke up. If you woke <laughs> up. You know, you would see that this is a reflection of our lives mm. and how important that is to see that on screen. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching the video from uh, The Little Mermaid, the yes. new live action one. I started crying because I see these little girls, these little black girls that are looking up to her and be like, oh my God, I see myself in her. Is that the real her? Is that yeah. the real her? Is that that her? was the video like, that, <laughs> that took me like, out. It just makes me tear up. And, yeah. you know, that's what it's about. And I feel like SkyMed did an amazing job of that. You know, I'm Asian Indigenous. Ace is Afro-Indigenous. And Brayden is, is Cree. So, you know, we have a lot of representation in that we're not putting ourselves in boxes and we're showing that indigenous people come in all shapes all backgrounds Mm. all skin colors and it doesn't make you any less valid it makes you exactly who you are and that's something to celebrate and that's so exciting and i'm excited for where we are in film right now um okay going forward so tell me a little bit about that then because that was uh that's actually, wait, hmm. how would you describe, this is a question, how would you describe this particular moment in Hollywood and BC film history? Are we encountering a sea change? Is there anything you see in the film and television industry that suggests to you that change is afoot? So you see, we were aligned. We were aligned mm-hmm. with, with the conversation. Yes. Perfect timing. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, I do see it changing. I do see it changing. Um and it's interesting, I talked with one of my producer friends and he was saying that um, they did a call for the networks and they had to show how much in each category percentage of each you know, race was represented. Mm-hmm. Indigenous people were less than 5% across the board. So, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, there's still a long way to go. And it was the same for other um, minority communities too within the the BIPOC community. Um, It's still a long way to go. And, but that's exciting. You know, I see more people writing their own stories and I see people coming and making their way through this industry with all of you know, the the hurdles that they have to go through and making fucking art. And that's what I'm yes. so excited about. And I feel like there's 
a lot of people who focus on on trauma and who focus on uh, just BIPOC trauma and BIPOC, you know, just being sad. And I'm like, it's I feel like it's time that we all uplift each other mm. and make each other excited to see what's going to happen next because we need to all be on each other's side to to make any sort of change within the industry we can't just be like oh we can't get anywhere blah 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 like well we got to do something yeah and i see it happening you know you see it with res dogs you see it in sky med you Mm -hmm. see there's so many shows that are phenomenal um in what they're doing and I'm excited to see where where um, it takes everybody. Yeah. Even though there is a long way to go, I feel like we're at that beginning stage. BIPOC people, we have just as deep and colorful lives as anyone else. Yeah. We make mistakes, we learn, we grow just as anyone else. And I think that's what we're seeing in film now is we're seeing actual lives. It's not these stupid stereotypes Mm. it's characters with integrity it's characters that you can see yourself in and it's writers that are finally getting the chance to write those stories and you know you you can write from experience whether that is about trauma or whether that is about something celebratory we're in a phase where i feel people are starting to listen and understand that we have a voice within in film yeah. and yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. what kind of feedback have you been hearing from viewers with regards to crystal you know specifically uh, indigenous viewers i've had a really great um people message me i've had you know, I had someone um, message me who who um, had a, a, a part on the show as well. His name's Kirby. And he messaged me himself and was like, my girls have been watching you on Day of the Dead. And they look up to you. And th- he said, thank you for being a role model to them. Wow. And I started bawling my eyes out because that's what matters to me is you know i i hope that when you see my characters that you can see a part of yourself in those characters and um and be like hey maybe i can do that and and his girl started going to theater because of that so and i'm getting other messages from you know my own metis community uh in winnipeg too and even in bc i've been getting across um, Turtle Island across Canada that people are watching the show and, and relating to Crystal and liking the native humor in it and it makes me really happy and I love getting those messages and it really does make my day and it feels like I'm going in the right direction for for my career Awesome I'm going to ask you an unfair question Sure uh, I like you're like, yeah, okay, okay, sure. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready. Who are some of your favorite people to play with on SkyMed? You know, like your favorite scene partners. I know Ooh, that's unfair, uh, right? That is unfair. I can't just like, I mean. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I I feel like the 
everyone was, I, I have to say the umbrella term, everyone was so fun to work with. Mm-hmm. We were all really good friends behind the scenes. And we, you know, we still are. We still message each other. We're very tight knit. And we came into the process understanding that we all sat down at a table and kind of told our a mini version of our life story to each other Hmm. so we we were on that level going into it we knew this was an ensemble cast we knew that we had to have relationships with each other and we were all on the same page for that so everyone was really fun to play with Mm -hmm. I feel like most of my scenes were with Natasha and um, Brayden so they they're both class acts they're amazing to work with Brayden is so fun and so just free of any you know external forces so when he's acting he's always firing like so quickly with ideas and what he's going to do and he's so fun to play with and so is Natasha and I love where we ended in the show and with mm. our relationship. We knew that it was it was going to have this strong female friendship theme throughout the show. And it's not going to end on us being frenemies. It's us being actually there for each other and actual friends. Yeah. And, my you know, favorite cute. relationship. <laughs> and, you know, that scene of Natasha being wheeled away and kind of that's that final moment of I'm here for you fully and truthfully as as friends in this you know sisterhood and yeah I feel like both of them were very fun to play with everyone was fun to play with everyone is amazing actors you know I I had didn't get the chance to do too many scenes with you know Praneet or even Thomas or um or Mercedes and Rebecca was equally as fun to work with as well. So like, you know, we'll see what happens with season two. And then do we, we know can... anything yet on the record officially? I haven't heard anything yet. Okay. Fingers well, crossed. I'm crossing every limb and organ that I have. Yes. yes. I heard about how wonderful it was uh, in Winnipeg with everybody. Uh, to f- That must have been, wait, you were in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. yeah. So you were you were back home. I was back home. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even like make that <laughs> connection, but like that must have been kind of like what was that for you? Because you know you're you're basically you you live here now. Yeah, but you went back to Winnipeg for SkyMed. Like what was yeah. that? What was that like? It was just this full 360 moment. Yeah. I was like, wow, I'm kind of going right back to my origins here and yeah. right back to where I started this all this whole journey. Yeah, and it was such a beautiful time for me and it was interesting coming back for work because I have my family there I have my friends and you know they're messaging me being like when can I see you and I'm like ah, I'm busy <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you right now uh, I'm so sorry but you know I would see my family on the weekends and then I'd you know go back and film during the week and it was great to be back home it felt very grounding and it felt yeah. um yeah, it was a it was a great time. Yeah, I I know that. Um, oh, Praneet had said when I was going to have Thomas on, he's like, and he's like, this applies to Morgan as well. You should ask them both about Halloween. Something <laughs> happened on Halloween. 
<laughs> what part of it? <laughs> Praneet asked that. Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of video he sent me. Oh, this is, a long is it time the one ago. with who got the drunkest? I think that's what. I mean, it was hard. It's it's. <laughs> Just all- tell Praneet what up. Woo! <laughs> oh, you hear that, Praneet? <laughs> you hear that? What up? Yeah, it was. There's a fun uh, video of us. We all were figuring out who's gonna get the most drunk that uh-huh, night uh-huh. for Halloween. Yeah, we were having fun, yeah. you know. What was your costume? We were all just kind of looking like, I think it was like a showgirl, kind of like um, glitz and glamour type of thing. Yeah. Masquerade, I believe. So we all had masks on and it was such a fun time, but <laughs> <laughs> the, we ended on the night with, you know, and <laughs> saying that this hilarious video and he's you know just saying what up woo and I think um, he might have won that contest but. yeah that's that sounds like uh, that sounds like Praneet um, who <laughs> if you listen to that episode you know I've put him on a mug right so yes. maybe maybe I the next that. mug I make should have his photo from SkyMed and then what up Woo! You should attach it. Yeah. Yeah. To the <laughs> You want one, right? Want, you totally want. I want that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um what is a Morgan Holmstrom role? You know, like what needs to be present in a character in a role to get you super duper excited? I feel like it changes all the time and that's such a I feel like that's such a hard thing to answer is because when I'm reading it, if it speaks to me, then I feel like that's a role that I could do. I feel like every role that I read, there's some part of me that I could bring to the character yeah. and that speaks to me. I mean, I don't say anything that's stereotypical. I mm. don't say any, I say yes to anything like that. I turn those away. So, that a, so that's a conversation then you've had with, with your team then. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think they we're on the same page with that is... They, my team is very much in my corner, mm-hmm. which I freaking love, you know, my agents and my managers. They're so just driven as much as I am. And th- they won't say anything. Um, they won't send me anything that they don't think I would, you know, enjoy, yeah. you know, and or that is weird. Uh, stereotypes you know and yeah. I think we're getting away from that we're not say, seeing like, that as sh- much so those aren't showing up those are those really aren't, show- aren't yeah. showing up now and you know I just feel like it's it just evolves over time I feel like it evolves with age and yeah. my characters evolve with age too and, and that's such a funny thing about film is that you're almost like showing these different stages of your life on screen yeah and while you're going through it off screen yeah you're also you're, yeah. yeah you're like evolving on screen too so i feel like the characters that i audition for are going to evolve with me unless you get to your 30s and you're still playing people and they're you're in their you know late teens early 20s yeah. right <laughs> well it's just well, that's, a, that's, that's the, the thing <laughs> that happens right you have people yeah. on the cw who are like you know they're in their like late 20s and they're playing high schoolers i know yeah. and that's such a i feel like that's something i i do still audition for but it doesn't uh, speak to me as much mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe I've just been very spoiled with the characters I've played so far that it's. I can see myself still playing high schoolers, but I do love 
more mature roles. Yeah. And those ones speak to me a little bit more. And I'm just waiting to play like some sort of rom-com or just like this swept up love romance movie. Like I just want to play something like that. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I want I, <laughs> I want that for me. I want to watch <laughs> you. <laughs> in that role like it's it, that would be very exciting for me can you universe please universe please drop that in my hands we are going to play uh favorite things very shortly okay but before we do i do want to talk a bit more about shadow of the Rougarou, mm. uh which if you have apt and lumi and you should have APT and Lumi, listeners, because it is worth it. Uh, <laughs> because there's some, like, you can have the basic and you don't have to pay anything. And then there's the premium where you pay, like, five bucks a month. And yeah. this, like, unlocks all this incredible, incredible content, mm-hmm. including Shadow of the Ruguru. Yes. Uh, which is, well, can I ask you to kind of give the uh, give the synopsis? Yeah. Uh, for for this series, which is that's actually when I met you, uh, mm-hmm. was at the Leo Awards, um, and you were there with with the team, including Cody Kearsley, friend of the podcast. You know who is your your main screen partner? Yes, uh, yeah. in uh, Shadow of the Rougarou. I but love yeah, Cody. Yeah, yeah, such a, gr- a great friend. We're big we're big fans of Cody here. <laughs> um, and as I told you that night, I was his very first media interview yes. ever. And he called me 15 minutes early, which has never happened before. Um, nobody's been, oh, no, that's not true. Lisa DeRue was a week early because uh, she got the day wrong. Um, but that's why we love you, Lisa. We love you, Cody. <laughs> but but anyway, no, you were there that night, you know, with the shadow of the Rougarou team uh, mm-hmm. because you yourself were nominated uh, mm-hmm. for your performance in that. So what's it about? Who are you? So I played the character of Sakaweo. She is a Cree Métis fur trapper who returns to her homelands to realize that it is engulfed. No spoiler. I'm not giving spoilers with, for this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a a ancient evil, I will mm. say. So she goes on this journey to figure out where and and who that evil is and where it lies um and she is definitely surprised at the end of of who that evil is Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, it's short form storytelling Uh, it's six episodes each episode is between eight and ten minutes long um and uh despite the short length of the episodes i mean they pack a lot mm-hmm. into into those episodes i mean in, in terms of the background in terms of the visuals in terms of the themes also i mean there's a whole thing with uh, cody's character you know and his own identity mm-hmm. you know uh as a metis man right so there's packs a lot there and then there's the um the supernatural uh element as well so i mean you, you talked a bit about the impact that working on that on Shadow of the Rougarou had on you, you know, can we talk a little bit more about the joys, the specific joys of that work, of that role, you know? It was so joyful. I just feel like I went into that experience very open-minded and didn't want to have any expectations of, of what to do or um how it was going to play out i really just wanted to live in the moment and see what would come mm. and i i put that expectation on myself going into it i was like 
I just don't want to feel this heaviness. I don't want to feel like I have a pressure for this final product. I just mm. want to create and have fun and collaborate and see what comes of it. And that was the first moment on set where I felt like I was had a really good firm grasp on my art mm. and felt like I could be a true artist and explore and be dynamic wow. and make choices and you know and not feel like I had all these barriers on me or restrictions which you know sometimes you put that on yourself as an actor you you get attached to an outcome or you know we're human and you want to please people and I just wanted to make sure that I was exploring the art and and feeling like I didn't have anything attached. I was just going to see what comes up, see what fires, play around, have yeah. fun. And it was such an incredible experience with Jordan, with Cody. You know, we had our elders on set. We had our knowledge keepers. We um, we were learning three different languages. Mm. I mean, we were learning Nihiawewen and then we were learning Machif, Northern Machif. And... Michif is um, the Métis language, and it's there's only there are less than a thousand Michif speakers in all of Turtle Island. There could be even less than that now, and you know even less of people who can teach the language. Mm -hmm. So it was very important to me for this show to be part of the show because it is part of this language revitalization yeah. and being part of seeing Métis stories on screen that are made by Métis people. And it's not someone's stereotype or idea of what Métis people are. It's it's coming from uh, these Métis writers and directors and producers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it did, like I said earlier, feel like a blueprint for me of how I want to carry myself through film. Yeah. And if I was to do any of projects that in the future that I whether I write or I'm a part of, that is still a, a blueprint for me. And I I've had so much fun on set, even just learning the languages, you know, with Reiji Thunderchild and um, uh uh, Theodore Starr and Stella Erasmus Johnson. We we were learning from people who are so passionate about it, and they love seeing young people learn these languages and keep it alive. They're so excited about that. Hmm. And even Stella was telling us she was like, "When you learn these languages, it feels like a part of you is being seen. It's being." A part of you is being heard. It mm. it lives within you. It 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 has always been there, and it feels like you're stepping into yourself. Something that has Ooh. always wanted to be awakened, you know. And that's the thing about indigenous storytelling and having these languages on screen it's so important to see it's important for young people to see um and get excited about about um learning their language and being a part of something like that so it's something so much bigger than us yeah. you know it's not 
individualistic. It's it's community based and you can feel that being on set. You could yeah. feel that um, being an indigenous storyteller that uh, there was so much care in that um, in that miniseries and in, in that show. And I feel so blessed that I was a part of it, honestly so so blessed and I I had such a great experience with everybody and we all um are great friends and I hope that we continue it on we'll see mm-hmm. if if they you know continue the series oh yeah there's more story to tell for yeah, sure especially yeah. that final moment which I won't say but you can everybody <laughs> can find a link to APT and Lumi in the footnotes for this episode and then you can watch it yourself uh, and then let Morgan and I both know what you think. Yes, uh, please. I, I just, I love recommending things to people. <laughs> you ready to play some favorite things? Sure. As I say, not much of a game. Basically, I ask you what your favorite thing is of a thing, and then you answer authentically and quickly. Okay. <laughs> I'll try my best. No pressure. <laughs> uh, the reason that I love this uh segment so much is um that moment of panic on, the, on my <laughs> like, guest ah! face we're like what oh and i use a special voice for it mm-hmm. which actually i'm gonna have a, a sip of water okay a lot of lead up for the special voice favorite midnight snack chips i need specifics <laughs> like salt or uh sour cream and onion oh chips. That's I don't know why it's guilty pleasure. I really like those chips. No guilt about chips. Yeah. No guilt. Okay. Favorite activity to do in your trailer? Watch YouTube videos. Okay, no. L- l- let's take a minute. I'm going to go out of my voice <laughs> for a minute. I I love YouTube videos. Yeah. I watch some really weird shit these days. I'm watching um urban exploration videos, which mm-hmm. are, you know, are going to like abandoned factories and stuff and like that stuff terrifies me and I love it. Videos of people exploring caves. I'm scared of small spaces, but I love to watch people explore small spaces on YouTube. What are the videos that you enjoy on the YouTube? I actually exclusively watch Colleen Ballinger's vlogs. I I need more info. (laughs) She she plays Miranda Sings. Like that's her Miranda Sings. So she has a vlog channel and I don't know why. I just it's so soothing to watch it. She started filming vlogs every single day during COVID and she still is. Like she's still going. And I just got so wrapped up in her life (laughs) that now I have to watch it as like it's like soothing to me. I just want to hear about her life. I can like zone out for a while and just see what's up like with what she talk, them. what she talk about like just what she's doing and like filming videos for Miranda and showing like her kids and and her partner is also an actor too huh. so it's just fun and they also have a podcast so sometimes I'll listen to that podcast and I I don't know why I just love I love them I love, I love that. them yeah okay. so that's what I usually watch in my trailer Okay. Well, I'll put a link to that channel in uh, in the footnotes, and then you can get some insight into who Morgan is, because this is what's important to her. Okay. Favorite song to blast when you're alone in the car? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, favorite? So, it in what, like, scenario? 
because sometimes is it like just me like driving by myself or is it like on the way to something that I need to pump myself up for or yes both 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 scenarios this so is the first one kind of embarrassing yeah like bring it going it. so sometimes if I'm going to an audition I will listen to the song from Mulan that's like let's get down to business that's uh, the most adorable <laughs> thing that anybody has defeat ever said pump. on this podcast. Like, <laughs> I will listen to that just to like pump me up because it's just like, like it just has this like cool energy to it. And um, I'm such a Disney person. Like I are you really? Yeah, I am. I am. Like I love Disney. I love Disney. And I like, you know, I I just watched all of those movies growing up and I love the music and and the scores in it and it just makes you feel you something. You know, I had, so. I had Lea Salonga on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? I had Lea Salonga, famously the singing voice of, of Jasmine. Um, wow. And wait a second. Wait a second. Lea Salonga, just want to make sure that I'm correct when I say this. Yeah, she she's the voice of, the singing voice of Mulan. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Just I wanted to triple check before it talked out of my butt. Um, <laughs> yeah. The singing voice wow. of uh, Mulan on this podcast. You know? Amazing. We we respect, we put respect on Disney's name. I mean, granted. You know, there, yeah. there's some, there's a little things in, in between, yeah. like, you know, iffy. But I I do love their their music. Yeah. And what um, they do for for imagination especially of yes. children but also as you know um, I'm 42 and I still love me some Disney and I feel like a big kid you know when I sing the songs or no uh, you know what I'm not laughing at you I put respect on you in that situation <laughs> yeah okay so that's your pump up song what is pump your up song um I feel like if I'm just you know driving and vibing I love um John Denver I, me and my dad listened really? to a lot of John Denver yeah. growing up, so I'm usually playing his music. I'm usually t- "Take Me Home, Country Road," whatever. I like uh, very random, but I like I I love his music. I, um, it's very poetic and it's very soothing, so yeah. I like that. Okay, okay, no no, ju- there's no judgment in favorite things. <laughs> there's a little bit of judgment in favorite things, but okay. Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, that you haven't appeared in yet. You still might. I don't. I, I need to think about this. Okay. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> now every single Vancouver shot series is out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm not like, the first time this shit. happened. Um. You know. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. I have no idea. Yeah. That's like fine. what's shooting right now? Um. Like Virgin River? Virgin River, Family Law. Um, okay. Motherland, Fort Salem just ended. That Supernatural ended. was on for a million seasons. Yeah. yeah. Motherland, Fort Salem just ended. I know. I love that one. That was good. That was a good show. Shout out to Praneet. Being yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's everywhere, that guy. I know. Yeah. Everywhere. Nancy Drew, speaking of Praneet, like that yeah. was, a, that's Nancy another Drew. one that's still uh, filming. There's a lot. There's a lot. Nancy still- Drew, like I auditioned for that one. I feel like that'd be, you know, interesting to be on. I feel like, you yeah. know, I loved the books growing up. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder know. what kind of, um, what kind of like detective you'd be. 
you know, like as a in in the Nancy Drew world, like would you be or would you be like the um the the paranormal? You know, I would love um, to play something paranormal. Yeah, yeah. Something the Imperfects is good, by the way. That's a good show. That's when that's just that uh, Which one? filmed here. It's called The Imperfects. Oh, it's the a monster show. Yeah. Yes, I've like heard a, of that one. Yeah, I have heard of that one. That's that's a good one. Mm. That's about monsters. I could see you in the yes. In the realm there. I would love yeah. to play something otherworldly and like really dive into that. You know, embodiment of it, and you know the the expressions with that. And I don't know. It's just so different playing something that's not humanly. So yeah, yeah. I feel like something like that. The bringing and humanity to it, right? Isn't yeah. that the uh, the actor's journey? I'm not an actor. I have no <laughs> idea. But I love your stuff. I loved. I mean, obviously, I'm obsessed with actors and how and why you do this crazy thing that you do. Okay, <laughs> never. I, we'll never know. <laughs> I don't know. I have a few like. I developed these questions with my with my kid a few years ago, and like so, there's a few that are really important to her. But I'm going to end with, um, I think for her the most important and telling question. I'm going to really mm. put on the voice now, okay. <laughs> which I don't know why I even do that. I studied <laughs> voice, like I studied opera. That is not a thing wow. I would do before I would sing. I wouldn't go. Ah. That's so cool. It actually makes it worse. <laughs> Closing up your throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want full-throated ease, not <clears throat> whatever yeah. that does. Okay. We were doing that at my... So I did an acting class last night, too. Oh, yeah. At uh, Railtown. And we were very much, like, focusing on that. And Who was you know, who were you working with? With Edward Foy. Okay. Yeah. We're big we were fans of class. Railtown here. Yeah. 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 Like, we were doing a lot of that, you know, work of, you know, working on breath and making sure it's all open and relaxation and all that stuff. It was like, wow. Yeah. Really great stuff. Body is your instrument. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't distract yeah, me from the question. Sorry. <laughs> Favorite animal. Her eyes got big. Elephants. <laughs> I don't gonna cry. No. Why is that funny? <laughs> I, I don't know elephants. why that's so funny. They're great. Elephants, cry. elephants are great. Um, it's yeah. just so unexpected. <laughs> I think as most people, they will say like cats or dogs. Yeah. You know. Um, well, my old one, when I was younger, I was obsessed with chinchillas. Yeah. Because they have really soft fur. They have like the softest fur in the world and they're yeah. so cute. But I don't know. Elephants, they have that eternal memory. They're so, yeah. they get attached to people so they easily. Grieve. They grieve. The like they're videos. so intelligent and they're so majestic. And they're these huge animals, but they're so, you know, loving. And, you yeah. know, I, ju I don't know. I just love them. I'd like to hug one once. Yeah. I haven't ever done that, but I think it'd be great. I think you so, know, too. But if, as long as it would not do them any harm for, for me yeah, to hug it. In a know? safe way. Yeah. In, a, in a safe way. You're just delightful, Morgan. Morgan Holmstrom. I was going to pronounce the L. See? You oh, see? that's okay. I almost I formed you know? it. Ho nope. Holmstrom. Mm -hmm. Morgan Holmstrom. Where can our listeners find you 
follow because you see i was i'm not asking you anything else after the elephant question <laughs> that's it we're gonna leave that, it there we'll leave it with elephant yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where, where can you. people find you on the social media <laughs> um you can find me all of my socials are at Schmorgi, s-h-m-o-r-g-e-e <laughs> Um, there's a story behind that one too. Okay. On, yeah, but on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, they're all the same. Are you on TikTok? I am slightly. Slightly. You know, I could be better at it. I feel like I just get addicted. I had to delete it for a sec because Mm. I was a little too addicted to TikTok. To creating TikToks or just watching it? No, watching. I got addicted to watching. So I had to delete it for a second, but I'll I'll come back to it when I'm, you know. Hey, I I get it. I, I, um... I watch reels, which my daughter calls old lady TikTok. (laughs) I mean, you know, reels, they kind of TikTok will have it first and then it goes to reels after and it's like kind of weeks after. So they kind of, you know, make fun of it a little sometimes. But I watch a lot of videos of cats just being cats or of huskies being drama queens. Oh, they're so dramatic. Yeah, they're always singing. Yeah, yeah, they are opera singers. They, they, they really, just—they like would never you. go. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't do that. Um, actually, I do actually have two questions. Okay. After having no questions, two more questions. Okay. Um, one, I want the story behind Smorgi. Smorgi, Smorgi, Smorgi. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Yeah. What's yeah? the story? So my one of my really good friends, uh, Charlotte. Who shout out to Charlotte. Shout out. She Charlotte. was on Rise of the Pink Ladies. So shout out to her. Um, we met actually modeling when we were younger. I met her in Thailand, out of all oh. places, and um, I met her when I was fourteen. I was overseas with her. We were the only two people from you know Canada, and we stayed friends over time and so I came to visit her in Vancouver because she lives here and I was about 15 or 16 yeah she's like Morgan there's this new app that you need to get I mean that's <laughs> when Instagram I guess was coming out <laughs> and um she would always call me Schmorgi as a nickname so she made it for me that Instagram and you now have it's to just keep stuck that. no no that's that is it forever yeah that's it has it to right okay yeah Last question. Okay. And I promise this time, actual last question. <laughs> Not elephants? Uh, okay. No. Oh, but that was so good. <laughs> that would such be such a good place to end. Um, no, it's about it's about your mom and your family, you know, cause, but, but specifically your mom, because she was one, you have to do theater, mm-hmm. Morgan. It's, it's, you need to do theater. What do they think? of of your work and and crystal and all you know this this life that you've created for yourself here in vancouver i think they're just shocked (laughs) i don't like my mom always tells me this my mom is you know she's a a little filipina lady she's um she's the cutest and she immigrated here um when she was 11 so i and my dad is metis so i I had this such a awesome upbringing and I got to see two sides of very different worlds, but are in somehow very similar too. Mm. And they're very, I don't think they saw this coming for me. They, they tell me that all the time. They did not think I was going to become an actor, but they're very happy. And I know that they, 
you know, not, not everyone has this, but I have parents that truly do support me. And I have such a great um, kind of it just they're kind of my grounding force, you know, they're the yeah. people that keep me grounded and keep me humble. You know, they won't let me get too too big of an ego you know they'll they'll keep me level-headed and I need that and I love them so much and they they had so many sacrifices that they had to do and give up you know my Lola coming to to Canada and not knowing English and my mom having to learn English for them to get their green card in Canada you know at 11 years old so there are so many barriers that my family had to overcome for me to be here and i'm never taking that for granted Mm. you know with on on my dad's side too overcoming colonization Mm. and us still being here and our stories still being told you know through shadow of the ruger and through sky med i i just feel like we are you hear this a lot, but we are everything our ancestors could have ever, ever dreamed, yeah. you know, and I never take that for granted, not for a single day. And I know they're with me. I know that on, you know, both sides, they're rooting me on. Same with my family. And um, I'm excited to see where it goes next. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Morgan Holmstrom. Salamat po. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else. I, I I guess the elephants are still very present for me right now. Mm. So I'm just going to thank you very much. Uh, that was Tagalog. My my husband yes. is Filipino and English, so I know a oh, little bit. Oh, I of, didn't know that. A little bit of Tagalog. Yeah. I know how to Salampo. say that. Yeah, so I know how Mahalkita, and then mm-hmm. I can say a whole bunch of food because mm-hmm. the best food. Uh, people have been sleeping on Filipino food. It's so good. Okay, what's your it's favorite? So what are good. some of your favorites? I mean, like Filipino barbecue is just like next oh, level, yeah. you know? Lechon. Oh, lechon. It's like <laughs> so good. And like, I mean, a chicken adobo is like the staple, you know? Yeah. Um, Sinigang is so great. Like, I we actually found this place. We were in LA really recently and it's called uh, Dollar Hits. Dollar Hits. Dollar okay. Hits. And it's so it's dollar skewers that you can get and outside is a a char a char grill that you can like heat them up and like eat it outside it was great and it's such a good deal and it's like traditional filipino food it was fantastic and funny enough my partner and i we were watching um a show about street food in la and that's where we saw it. So we're like, we need to go. Yeah, we're gotta, we're go gonna try go. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was really really good. And also desserts, guys. Hello, oh, hello. Yeah. I mean, come on, the best. Okay, okay. We. I'm just rambling now because I really <laughs> think you're gonna come back, right? You're I would come love back, that. Yeah. And uh, we're going to uh, keep the conversation going. Um, otherwise, everybody, watch SkyMed on CBC Gem and Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Watch Shadow of the Ruguru on APT and Lumi. And uh, follow Smorgie <laughs> <laughs> on on Insta and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, on Twitter. On, I'm new to Twitter. I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing on there, but you know, it's it's the same. It's at Smorgie. So 
You can find me there. <laughs> Wait, is TikTok Schmorgy too? Yeah. Just everything. Yeah. I love that that's Charlotte's like legacy, just like in your <laughs> in your social media life. It's just like it's everywhere. Yeah. Always be Schmorgy. Okay. I'm gonna stop now. Um elephants. Okay. Like, subscribe. <laughs> listeners, please leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having conversations like the one that we had today, which I will say was especially rad you can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com follow us on twitter and facebook and instagram at yvrscreenscene um not as cool as schmorgy sad to say uh, and also at sabrina um well it's sabrina and then my initials ronnie meta Furminger. um so but it also it's fun to say like just like schmorgy sabrina Okay. Sabrina Arf. Yeah, Arf. <laughs> Sabrina Arf. The Boy Bear Screen Scene <laughs> Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Merrick Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Devil for the original music. Boy Bear Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And elephant. Hey, filmmakers. Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or Email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.